They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you here today. Today, I have a special guest. I have Karen Dean, and Karen leads a movement of women who are refining resilience and making bold changes in their lives. She's a founder of the Divine, the next chapter of coaching program. Karen helps successful women refine the next and best chapter of their lives. Karen, I am so excited to have you here today. Now, your story starts with your son, and he actually had a brain injury. Is that correct? Yes, he technically still does. He was born in uh, 2000. He's 19 now. And at when he was eight weeks old, he was really sick with, we didn't know what, he actually almost died. And we were admitted in the hospital at that time. And I found out at that age that he was born with a brain injury. The doctors really don't know why he has it or how it happened, but it happened somehow when I was pregnant and he was born that way. So, wow. And so yeah. eight months before you found out? Eight weeks. He was just a oh, wee little weeks. kind of baby. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, he was just a wee little baby, and we spent four days in the hospital, and a team of neurologists came in on our fourth day and said, your son has, it's called periventricular leukomalacia, which basically means softening of the white matter near the ventricles of his brain, and they told me at that time to prepare to have a completely dependent child that he maybe in a wheelchair. He may even be tube fed. He would most likely be nonverbal um, and require my care for his entire life. Wow. Wow. So they couldn't actually tell you how he received this just sometime during your pregnancy. Did you, did you fall at any time? Did you have anything that you can think of that could have caused that? I was in a car accident, just like a fender bender car accident when I was about eight months pregnant, seven and a half, eight months pregnant. I was actually on my way to a doctor's appointment, like my regular checkup for my pregnancy at the time. And they told me not to worry about it. As long as I wasn't bleeding, everything was fine. So I don't know if that might have been part of it but I used okay. when I was pregnant I would sometimes black out is what I called it and that's what actually caused the car accident is I kind of blacked out and didn't even realize where I was and ended up going up over a curb and hitting a sign and I had a, a passenger with me and she's like what are you doing and I didn't even know 
what happened. Like, it was like I kind of fainted, but stayed awake. You know, I was still there sitting up, driving my car, but didn't even realize. Anyway, the doctors didn't seem too concerned about that. Maybe those things were all related. I don't really know. Not for Um, sure. So now you've got this baby, you know that he has, and I don't know how to say the (laughs) technical name, but he has a brain injury. And tell me, so it's eight weeks. He's only eight weeks old. And you hear this, that he's probably going to be too fed, probably not going to be able to walk, all of these things. What's going through your mind at that moment? When they told me, I just, I was still, I was stunned. I, I didn't even know what to say. They wrote it down on a piece of paper for me. And they said, okay, you're discharged. You guys can go home now. And, you know, we will follow up with appointments when necessary. So I went home. It was a Friday and I cried all weekend. I like held this little baby and I also had a three-year-old daughter. So I'm trying to deal with her who I hadn't seen for a week while I was in the hospital. And I'm holding this baby boy and crying my eyes out. And I went online and did what all of us do is researched periventricular leukomalacia. And I found like this chat group that had parents of children, PVL is the abbreviation for it. So it was a parents group of children with PVL. And I read these horror stories, like one after another of these uh, parents that were dealing with these kids that were completely dependent and all the issues they were having. And on the Monday morning following that, I literally said out loud to myself, that is not going to be my kid. And from that point forward, I was on a mission to just find all the help I could find for him, to find any resources we had. We did not have, it's called early intervention here in Canada or here in Nova Scotia at least, but it's a person that comes into your home twice a week and helps kids with special needs or with developmental delays. So we did not have that program in my area at the time. It was only in bigger, more urban areas of the province. So I called our government and I said, why don't we have this program where I live? And I ended up getting the program started. And my son was one of the first child in the program. We went to physiotherapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, every professional I could find that could possibly help him. I found them and I... I just jumped right in and wow. uh, we so had how over 150 specialist appointments. Man, Sorry, how go old ahead. was he at the time that you were able to incorporate this and make this happen in your area where you had the two visits a week? He was still less than a year old when that when he started that program. You started um, he right was away. 13 months old. Oh, I pushed hard. I <laughs> um, <laughs> so determination uh, I, really does make a difference. Yes, obviously. and I volunteered to be the chair of the board because it had to be run by an organization, like a non-for-profit organization. So I volunteered to be the chair of the board, and I hired the first early interventionist, and I was the chair of the board until he started school. So for six years, I was the chair wow. of the board and made sure that the program was doing what it had to do. And we helped a lot of kids and the program's still going and still helping kids. So I'm really Uh, proud of that. 
And I asked every professional that we went to, I said, who else could help him? What other programs could help him? Like, what more could I be doing? And if they referred me to somebody, then I went and got an appointment with that person or that service. And if it wasn't a good fit, then we didn't go back. But most of them were always a help in some way. And I think one of the biggest things that was a help to him was I went into appointments with him. For instance, physiotherapy. Uh, when, when they're preschoolers, physiotherapy is basically play, but it's play with a purpose. So he got to jump on a trampoline. He got to stand on the trampoline and try to shoot baskets into a basketball net. They got him to go up and down little stairs. And so it all doesn't seem like traditional physiotherapy that we adults would have. But parents would sit in the waiting room and read magazines while their child is in their appointment. So this child's only coming to physiotherapy once every two weeks. So if you're not in there seeing what the therapist is doing with them so that you can then take them home. Yeah, like. I was in there crawling around on the floor with him. I was seeing how they did everything with him. And then I was doing it at home with him. And one thing in particular, when he first started physiotherapy and he would stand up, he was actually standing on the side of his foot. Like his ankle was almost touching the floor on the inside of his foot. It was looked painful, but he was fine with it. And the physiotherapist told me at our first appointment, she said, If you hear him crawling and you think he's going to like stand up to a table or a chair or whatever, run behind him and plant one of his feet on the floor and make him put all his weight on that one foot as we all do to stand up. But he was, he was using both feet and using the sides of his feet. So luckily I worked from home and I could do that. And every time I heard him stop crawling, I would run up behind him and plant his foot on the floor. And we went back to our appointment two weeks later, and he was doing it properly. And the physiotherapist wow. said, how did you do that? And I said, I just, I just did what, I t- what you told me to do. And she said, I work with kids for six or eight months, and they don't figure this out. I said, wow. but are their parents doing it at home? Exactly. So and you were it's doing so it on important. a basis every day, all the time. Right. Wow. What a cool story. I love that. So, so tell me the name of this program that you said is twice a week that you actually got started in your area. For those that are listening, I want them to be able to access this if they have a child that they need help with. It's called Early Intervention here in Canada. And I know I'm in Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. And we have programs all over the province now. I'm not sure if it's called the same thing in the U.S., but sure, if you searched early intervention, you would come up with organizations. And this is a worker who's trained as an early childhood educator, usually, and they're trained, and they can accompany you to appointments, like the two early interventionists that we had over the time frame would come to some of our appointments with us, and they learn strategies to help your child at home to kind of reinforce what they're learning in their appointments and to try to bring their skills up a few levels. Like he would finger paint with pudding because it was fun and pudding is easy to clean up and you could sit him in his high chair and mind you, it made eating pudding a challenge after that, but because <laughs> uh, he always thought it was pink. But 
they bring toys with them that are educational toys that we can't go buy in a store because they buy them from special suppliers and they bring those toys and the, the children work with that person in their comfort zone in their home and they're all developmental fun game type things but everything like I said is play with a purpose so our early interventionist was part of our family really all of our specialists uh, our physiotherapist that we saw every two weeks I cried when we had our last appointment with her because it was like she had been part of our family for five Uh, years wow so it's consistency is what I'm hearing from you and really working at it every day at home So not just taking your kids to these therapy appointments and letting them do whatever they're doing, but going in, finding out what they're doing and creating that same kind of treatment or, or play, if you will, that is educating them and helping them to learn and to grow that so much. So now you're, you're doing other specialists. You said you were just like reaching out to all the specialists you could find. What other things were helping him? I think what helped me to help him, because at the end of the day, it's the parent that has to be the helper. The doctors or professionals, mm-hmm. you know, do what they do at your appointments, but they're not that often. I think what was so important was I asked a lot of questions and I didn't stop asking until I got the answers. I did actually, our first neurologist that we had was very well respected in the hospital. He was actually the head of the department, but he had told me at one of our appointments that my son's, it's corpus callosum, which is the part of your brain that sends messages from your right brain to your left brain. He said it was very thin and that you can't even see it in some of images on his CT scan. So I let it go for a while. And then one day I said, I'm wondering if you could show me a picture of his CT scan and demonstrate to me what a quote unquote normal brain would look like. So he kind of, you know, scowled a little bit and rolled his eyes and he brought up the images. And every time he started to say something, he said, well, this might be hard for you to understand, but so I kind of felt like he was treating me like I wasn't very smart. So I ended up switching neurologists because I wanted someone who was more open-minded, who gave me credit as a parent, and I might not have a medical degree, but I do have a brain and it works. And I'm asking the questions because I want to understand and I want him to explain it to me, not be condescending. And I think, and I saw this so many times as I did a lot of work in advocacy for special needs kids when my son was a preschooler. Parents get very intimidated by doctors and by professionals, and we're scared to ask the questions and we're scared to challenge them. But I think that's essential in helping our child because they're not always right. And I mean, we're humans. No one is always right. So we do have to ask the questions and, and get second opinions and keep, like I said, keep asking questions until you get answers that are what you can accept and that work for you. And, you know, you may not always like the answer. I'm not saying you have to get the answers you like, but you have to get answers that make sense to you and that you can incorporate in your actual life, not be indirectly told, well, you're too dumb to understand this because we're not, and we shouldn't be made to feel that way. 
So you yeah. went to a different doctor. Did you find someone that was able to explain things to you then? And what did he say at that point? Did he see the same thing? Actually, it was a female and she was incredibly understanding. And yes, if you still look at a picture of his brain today, it still looks like that. But she did explain to me how that could affect him. And she is just blown away by the progress that he was making, given the images of his brain, which brings me to another really incredible story. I haven't said yet that he actually is at 19, as normal as 19-year-old boys get. He's not had any adaptations in school ever. He graduated from high school in June. He's been going to college. He works a, a job on a farm where he drives big tractors. Like I said, he is a normal boy and has been always. He was delayed in a lot of the big milestones as a toddler, but once he reached them, he was as good at them as anybody else is. Wow. Um, Love that. Oh my gosh. So now tell me, because his brain is thinned in one area, does he have to be careful to not get an injury in the head area? I've never been told that. They've always said just live life as a normal human being and do the things that whatever you feel like doing. And I mean, he's not great at some things, but neither are you know, nobody's yeah, we're good at all not great at everything, right? I mean, right. that's that's like you said, that's part of being human. Right. But to see that he went from here, they told you he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't walk, he wouldn't do all of these things. You were bound and determined that that was not going to be your child. And to me, that comes back to belief because if we believe something, we can totally change the outcome. And that's exactly what you did. You didn't take no for an answer. You kept asking questions. If you had a doctor that didn't work, you found another one that knew that you were just trying to be a parent that wanted to help him. Absolutely love that story. So, So now he's functioning as a normal human being and is a normal kid doing every normal day things and doesn't even have anything that's holding him back in any way. I just I absolutely love that. What a miracle. And even though the brain scans still show the signs of that, he is totally overcome that because I believe of your determination. Yeah. So I commend you for that. It's resilience too. Like it's not getting defeated because as we all know, when you have any hard times in your life, it's easy to get defeated And I mean, there were some days when I thought, ugh, this kid isn't going to walk or because he was, you know, 17 months old before he walked or that he wasn't going to talk because he was really delayed in that. But I didn't give up and you can't give up on yourself and you can't give up on your child because there'll be hard days. There'll be days when you feel like you're not getting ahead, but tomorrow's a new day. And if you give up, you aren't going to get ahead. But if you keep pushing and keep pushing your child. And the other thing that I still tell him to this day, there were a lot of days when he said once he could talk or even before he could talk, he would have his own language for it. But there was a lot of times when he would say, I can't do that. Mm. And I said, and I still say it to all three of my children, there's no such thing as I can't. There's only I don't want to. Because if you put your mind to it, you can. 
That's true. And, and he did, and he has with everything. So that's really like that attitude got him a long way. And, you know, he still like he, he ran on our track team at his school one year. And, you know, he was the slowest kid in his race, but he did it. But he did it. Exactly. Wow. I love that. So now has that actually, is that what propelled you to start your own business and kind of create this business that you have to be able to empower women? That, and I've got, we don't have enough time to talk about all of my experiences I've had in life that have led me to this, but my children and I have gone through so many challenging personal times with abusive marriages and... um, Maybe we'll have you back on another one and you can share a little bit more of that story. (laughs) Well, and there's, you know, sexual assault. There were so many challenges that we've dealt with and I've always been an entrepreneur, so I wanted to take my entrepreneurial skills and my passion for helping people and combine it into a business that fulfills me by helping other people. Because I know, and I meet so many women who are just really down, and I'm actually part of a Facebook group where we had everybody in a Zoom chat one night, and the facilitator asked everyone to type three words that reflected their week so far. And out of over 20 people, I was the only one that wrote three positive words. And I thought, wow, you know, we really need to change our mindset. We really need to look at life in a better way. Because as with my son, if you think he's going to be that kid that can't walk or talk, he will be that kid. He will be. Exactly. I totally can relate with that. You know, my husband has a daughter that is Down syndrome and also has autism. And, you know, I remember when we first got married and she would sit on the dinner table and literally eat like a, a while. I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but it, it was so like, I had such a hard time with that. And he said, well, she doesn't understand how to sit. And I said, well, I know that maybe she doesn't today, but if we keep working with her, I think we can get her there. And so I, every time we had her, I would make her sit in the chair. And I mean, it would be 20, 30 times in one session, (laughs) but I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And pretty soon she actually did start sitting and she also was going to a new school. And I think that also was helpful, but it's consistency. It's determination. It's not giving up and keep moving forward. And uh, yeah, there are many things I could tell you, you know, that we just worked and worked and worked and, and she's overcome some of those things. So I'm grateful for that, but I could see where, having it on a consistent basis day in, day out really does make such a difference and determination. Yeah. Not giving up. Yeah. And, and it's the positive attitude of, like I said, there's no such thing as I can't, there's only, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, So it doesn't mean it will be easy, but you, it will be worth it in the end. It's just being determined to continue on and yeah, just love that message. So tell me about your business and what you've created. I have created a coaching program. I actually have a Facebook group and Instagram and Twitter where I post a lot of inspirational messages and tell a little more about my story. 
in short snippets because it's there's a lot. So I'm starting in early 2020 a coaching program, but I like to call it a boot camp for building resiliency for women in particular, because I think, well, that's where my passion is. I know men need to build resilience too in ways, but I really see it in women and I can really relate to just about anything a woman is going through in her life. I've probably had to deal with it in some way, shape or form. So I wanted to help. So I developed this coaching program or boot camp that will be five weeks of Zoom conversations like we're having right now where women can interact with each other. I'm going to give them tools for growth and resilience and some homework to work on and really take the messages that we talked about today that I used with my son and used with myself over the years and help other people incorporate them into their lives so that we can all have amazing lives and live in abundance so that when you get asked how your week is, you answer with three positive words, not three negative words. Right. Love that. So now are you just working with people that have kids or are you working with anyone? I mean, how I am working with anyone. Okay. Um, So you're just trying to create that positive environment that, that thrive or that, what do you call it? The best chapter of their lives in anyone that is dealing with an issue in their life because we all have stuff, right? And it's just how we deal with it that makes the biggest difference. And, you know, I've learned that over years with my own issues. You know, I've had a lot of things. People would look at my life and go, wow, how'd you ever get where you are today going through all of that? And I'm the same way. I'm very positive. I'm very much one of those that look at the good and not the negative. And, and I really think that's part of it. I do. I, I love your message of that. So you actually have a website that they can go to. So it's com, right? Yes. If you go to com and click on exclusive content up in the top right hand corner, you can download Um, a checklist that I've made up that's to kick your resilience into high gear and on the same theme of making your next chapter your best chapter. So I've developed a short little list of tools that you can use as an introduction to it to help people get started. I love that. I love that. So they can get this free checklist. So guys, KarenDeanSpeaks.com and go up to the left-hand side. Is that right? Right-hand side. At the top, right-hand, right-hand side. side. Excuse me. Right-hand side yeah. that says exclusive content. Click on that, and you'll be able to download this free checklist that she has put together. And Karen, you also, if they want to get a hold of you, it looks like on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's just at Karen Dean Speaks. Is that right? That's correct. Perfect. So that's a way that you can connect with her too, to hear more of her story. And maybe we'll have her back sometime and, and do another one on the rest of the story. (laughs) I would love that. Oh, great. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for being a part of our show today and, and sharing this amazing story of determination, a mom that just would not take no for an answer. Love the message that you have. Thank you so much for sharing that. Appreciate you being on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you are very welcome. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Thank you.